I begin a new series this morning from Isaiah, book of Isaiah. I'll be looking at chapter number 40 in the book of Isaiah for our text today as we begin a new series for the spring season, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 40. When I was working in Batavia, I got to be good friends with a fellow named Mike. And Mike used to tell me about his troubles and his trials. I'd listen to his stories and try to say something to help him. And eventually he told me about his inner struggles down in his heart. And I talked to him about praying. And I said, when you pray, Mike, talk to Jesus. He's the one who can help you. Well, as things worked out, I eventually moved from Batavia to Lancaster and worked at the shop up in Lancaster, but Mike stayed behind in Batavia. And after a while, my phone would ring and I'd answer it. It was Mike. I'd say, Mike, how you doing? And he would say to me, I just needed to hear your voice. <laughs> I guess I understand that kind of thinking. Have you ever been in a situation when you were glad to hear somebody's voice. I think we've been in those situations. I remember when my mother got sick, as her disease began to progress, she began to lose her basic functions. First she couldn't walk, and then she couldn't talk. It was so much effort for her to express her thoughts that she just fell silent. So I would visit her every day at my lunch hour and sit and talk to her, she didn't answer me or even shake her head, but I knew she could hear me, so I did all the talking. I would talk for 45 minutes nonstop. Now, for some people I've met, that's no problem. Uh, but I ran out of things to say. I don't know what to say. So in order for me to keep up that one-sided conversation, I said anything that came into my head. I remember telling her one day that I was on my way home. I was kind of tired out. When I stopped at the red light, I fell asleep before the light turned green. And somebody behind me blew their horn to wake me up. <laughs> and I woke up and went. <clears throat> when I said that, my mother lifted up her head and looked at me. And with great effort... She said, don't do that again. <laughs> it surprised me. I hadn't heard her voice uh, for two months. But I was glad to hear her voice. Especially after two months of silence. Our text today is about listening and hearing voices. It's about how good it is to hear a voice that you've been missing for a long time. I'm starting a new series today. And whenever I start a new series, I always ask God to help me know what I should say to you. And as a congregation, we are in a season, a time. Solomon said that life is full of seasons and we go through these times. And sometimes we go through a season of trials and trouble. We are in one of those seasons now as a congregation. We got folks with diseases that are fighting them. 
people with health issues. We've lost loved ones. Accidents have brought us to our knees asking God's help. Old age has taken its toll on some of our dear friends. And I thought that God wants to speak to us in times like these. So I searched my Bible for a new series, read through several possibilities, but couldn't settle on any one of them. And then I thought, well, let's try this. And I opened my Bible to Isaiah, and there it was right there in front of me. In a season of trial and trouble, a world like ours that's so confused and so misled, we find hope and guidance and direction and clarity. And it all comes from God. So we begin a series of studies from the book of Isaiah today. I'm starting in chapter number 40. Chapter number 40. Beginning at the first verse. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Many of the prophets of God started their ministry with dreams or visions. And they told us what they saw. And we had to try to interpret what they saw. Ezekiel saw a giant wheel of flames with another wheel inside of it. John the Revelator saw a book, and as the pages were opened, a horse and rider sprang out of the pages. Daniel tells us of Nebuchadnezzar's dream of a giant statue with a head made of gold and a chest made of silver and a body of brass and feet made of iron and clay. And John, again, the revelator, told us he saw great giant beasts rising out of the sea. We try to interpret the visions and explain the dreams. And some of them are elusive. But here is just a voice. A voice speaks and says to Isaiah... Now, Isaiah, I want you to speak. And Isaiah asks, what do you want me to say? (laughs) And over and over again, God tells him what to say. I really like that about Isaiah. My friends, God doesn't give most of us dreams or visions, does he? It's not how we get information. But God does communicate with us. And that's why we come to church. It's why you're here. Because we hope to hear God speaking to us when we come here. Maybe through the words of a song. Maybe the voice that's raised in prayer. Maybe through an encouraging word from a friend who loves us. Or maybe from a sermon we hear. I don't know how God will choose to speak to you today, but I do know he's got something to say to you today. 
And in Isaiah's writing, God speaks, tells Isaiah what to say, which is the method most often used by God. So I pray you will hear his voice as we read Isaiah's words. He starts with, comfort ye, comfort my people. And everybody who reads it asks, well, who's God referring to when he says, my people? Some scholars say it's the captive Israelites in Babylon. And some say it's the Jews in Jesus' time when John the Baptist preached by the Jordan River. And others say it's for the Jews. The Jews were God's people. But it seems to me that if you read the Bible, God has always had his people. Before there were any Jews, Enoch walked with God. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Abraham was known as the friend of God. And King David was a man after God's own heart. God has always had his own people. Mary and Joseph were God's people. Mary and Martha and Peter and John and Paul and Silas were all God's people. And Jesus opened the doors when he died on the cross. And he said to the whole world, whosoever will may come. That means that anyone who believes and calls on the name of Jesus is one of God's people. You are and I am. And we gather in his name. We are God's people. And so to Isaiah, God says comfort. And then he repeats it. Comfort, comfort, my people. Yes, it was for the Jews in captivity. And yes, it was for the people who heard uh, Jesus in the time of John the Baptist. But you can rest assured, it's for a people in a little place called East Shelby Church, too, where God's people are gathered. God wants his people to be comforted. And just like Jesus, who often said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, using the word twice to reinforce what he said, God tells Isaiah, Comfort, comfort. He wants us to feel well cared for, to feel relief, to feel secure and loved. He wants us to feel the comfort that comes to us when we hear his voice. How? Will he comfort us? First he says, your warfare is accomplished. The struggle is over. Now listen to the voice of God as he says, the struggle is over. But you're saying down inside, oh no it's not. It's not over. I'm still in the middle of the crisis. My friends, the instruction is casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Let God carry the burden. Jesus said as Levi saying, come unto me, you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. We sing this song, burdens are lifted at Calvary. So God comes and says, let go of the burden. And if you let go, the struggle 
it is over. And then tell them this. All their sins are forgiven. All of them? <laughs> is that what you want? Oh, yeah. That's what I want. All of them. It says we received double for our sin. That kind of sounds like God was kind of cruel and harsh and punished us twice as much as we deserve. And my friends, that's not a very comforting thing to hear, is it? Maybe it means something quite different when he says you receive double. And let me ask you this. What did God do for our sin? Well... Jesus suffered on a cross for our sins. And Jesus shed his blood for our sins. Jesus gave his life for our sins. Maybe God did more for us than we deserve. We sing the song, Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. If your sins were doubled, if you sinned twice as much as you have sinned, there's more than enough grace to cover your sins and more than enough grace to cover double your sin. For where sin did abound, the Bible says grace did much more abound. My friends... That's a comforting thought, isn't it? That, I think, is the thought here. But we hear another voice, verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This voice now that Isaiah here says, Get ready, get prepared, get yourself together. Why? Because God is coming. So, where are you now? Well, right now, might be in a deep valley with no light, feeling very low and depressed. Or maybe you're climbing some huge mountain and it's a steep and it's hard to climb. Or maybe you're in this crooked road that twists and turns and you can't make any progress. Or maybe your pathway is full of obstacles. It's a rough road in life with many hindrances. Or maybe even you're in a desert, it says. A dry and parched place. And you're worn out and you need my refreshing. My friends, the voice says, God is coming. He's going to remove the obstacles. He's going to fill in the valleys. He's going to tear down the mountains and straighten the pathway. As a matter of fact, it says, he's building a highway for you. So get ready. How do I get ready? You go to God and ask for forgiveness and beg for mercy. And then you'll be ready when he arrives. And when he arrives, 
You'll see his glory, he says. And oh, my friends, he's really something. Capable and powerful. He does all things well. We sang in the song this morning, Strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. So get ready. But wait, there's another voice. 6a, the voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? What now, God? What do you want me to say now? Let's see what he says. All flesh is grass. All the goodliness thereof is as a flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. And surely the people is grass, the grass withereth, and the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Just so you know where you stand. <clears throat> Just so we all know where we stand. In the whole scheme of history, and in the passing of time, and in the great plans of God, we are pretty insignificant. I'm going to die someday. They're going to take me over to the cemetery over there and stick me in the ground. Bury me. It won't be long for somebody walks by and says, I wonder who that guy was. <laughs> he lived to 70 or 80 years, we hope. And now he's gone. Who was he? Yes, it's true. In the great flow of history, we in East Shelby are not very famous. But wait. There's something more to be said. Verse 9. O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up to a high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid and say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. We want you to say it loud. You're supposed to say it loud. Lift up your voice with strength. Don't be afraid, he says, to speak up. As a matter of fact, here's what you ought to do. You ought to climb up on the mountainside and shout it out over the valley and let it echo back. Behold, there he is. He has arrived. Behold your God. Now the first voice said, get ready, God is coming. And now it says, look, he's here. You're supposed to say it loud. He has arrived. Verse 10, Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Strong and powerful, just like we said. But look at him when he comes. Get a good look. What's he carrying with him? It's a reward. He's got work to do. And a reward to give. My friends, I got my eye on that prize. In his hand. People say to me, Eric, you work, but you don't get paid. <laughs> don't you ever believe that. <laughs> don't you ever believe that. My pay is in the master's hand. He brings with him, my reward. And when he says to me, well done, good and faithful servant, that'll be a reward that thrills me forever and ever. 
Where are you going to put that in the bank? Huh? So my friends, the message was comfort, comfort. Bring comfort to my people. The struggle is over if you let it be. Get ready to meet God and suddenly look, he's come and he's got work for us to do and a reward if we do it well. But a question comes up. What's he like really? How do we expect him to behave when he comes? Verse number 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, carry them in his bosom, shall gently lead those that are with young. He is gentle and he is kind. He is loving and he is caring. He's all about our welfare. Like a shepherd, he feeds our souls and he meets our needs. And if we are weak, he carries us. And here's one for you. If we have children, he will take extra good care of you. Because Jesus loves children. He loves your children. You can take that one to the bank. So how comforting is that? huh? Who had ever thought that God was so gentle and peaceful and such a comforter to our souls? My friends, if you're climbing that big old mountain or if you're down in that deep valley or if your path is full of obstacles or if you're in a very dry desert place, there's no need to worry. The good shepherd will come and guide you and protect you and keep you. Trust in him with all your heart. Stop struggling. Trust in him with all your heart. As Levi saying, you shall find rest unto your soul. Is that what you want today? Yeah. yeah. May God bless you. And comfort you as only he can. I hope this morning you heard his voice. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these encouraging words. For lifting us up and teaching us what to look at and how to live and how to trust in God. We do. We trust in you with all our heart. We ask that you will bring comfort across this congregation out to people who are listening, that you will help them to stop a struggle and trust in God and find strength and help that comes from his hand. He's coming and he is here and he's got a reward with him. We thank you for what you do. Bless us. As we think of these things, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. In closing, I could turn your hymn book, if you will, page number 480. Standing as we sing, page 480.
Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Page 480. comfort this morning, that you would come and take those of us who need to be gathered up by your arms, hold you close to your bosom. We pray that our hearts would be ready to receive, and those of us who have been struggling with little ones, we know that you are close to us. You will watch over us, tend to us in a careful way. And for those who just need rest, those whose hearts have struggled for so long, 
give us that rest that only the Lord Jesus Christ can give. In no other way can we have it on this earth but just with you. May we give our hearts up to you. May we stop the struggle today, hand it over, and let it be in your hands. We thank you for that comfort. We ask for protection in these places and all of our people, all of their families. Lord, watch over them, we pray, and you know those special folks we are especially thinking about today. Watch over all of them. Bring them all back to this place, we pray, in your name.